0: Invent themselves to halt this decline and to show that they are a necessary part of the post-industrial world. If not, then their continued decline can only mean an eventual demise of the union movement in the United States. The only portion of the American economy where unionization has gained is in the public sector, and that is now under attack as expanded government is now, in many jurisdictions, about to go bankrupt. Taxpayers are rebelling against increased taxes spent on handsome benefit packages, pension programs, compensation, and job security for public employees. The public sector unions are fighting the pullbacks, but the taxpayer voter ultimately pays the bills. The power of the purse and the ballot box would seem a mighty weapon against the continued expansion of union power in the public sector. Confrontations in states like Wisconsin Ohio and New Jersey are only the beginning of this rollback in the public sector. Like the federal government, the states are out of money and the citizens are rebelling against further tax increases, so there is bound to be a conflict between these two interests. This will slow the growth of unions in the public sector as the states will simply be unable to afford the historic benefits the unions have been able to obtain and give backs. Not additional benefits will be the order of the day in future union contract negotiations. With the decline of the unions from their height in the 1950s, the vast majority of American workers do not have the protection of a contract for their jobs. Generations ago, people went to work for the company when they finished school at whatever level and worked for the firm for 40 years. After that, they retired and got their pension and gold watch. That was part of the implied social contract between the employer and the employee. Work for me, do a good job, and I will take care of you. The employee was loyal to the company and the company was loyal to the employee. Those days are over. Loyalty is a thing of the past. In this hyper-competitive global environment, organisations cannot afford the luxury of keeping people on when they no longer have the skills needed to help the firm remain competitive. What you did for me yesterday does not count, if it ever did. What you can do for me today and tomorrow is what corporations are interested in. Workers who do not keep their skills up are going to find themselves in the position of looking for work when their employee perceives that they can have their jobs done for a few penalties an hour less than they are paying them. This is how things are in a hyper-competitive market, where costs must be ruthlessly cut to the bone, while at the same time maintaining and enhancing quality. Another way the marketplace has changed is that being fired, terminated, rifed, or whatever term one wants to use for being told to leave the building and not to come back to work, is no longer the scarlet letter that it once was. Many people have had this experience through no fault of their own by simply being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Plant closings and all of the reasons mentioned above have contributed to this as well as the internal politics of an organization. In fact, As one climbs the organisational ladder, performance often has less and less to do with dismissal, as it is more difficult to measure the actual performance of senior executives with hard numbers. Think about it. When was the last time that the vice president of marketing for a major automobile manufacturer with dealerships in the United States actually sold a car off the showroom floor? How much impact does that vice president's efforts have on the individual sale? Which is more likely? The VP for sales leaves the company to pursue other opportunities because sales were down or because his rival, the VP for finance, became the CEO? Being fired no longer carries a scarlet F nailed to your chest. 30 years ago, if you got fired or left a job after only a few years, it took some explaining. In today's world, if you spend 30 years with the same company and then go looking for a job, you are in the minority and will probably need to do some explaining the modern expectations of management. The fact is, the chief loyalty that exists in the corporate world today is to the bottom line on the income statement. Corporate executives are under constant pressure to produce bigger and better results from analysts on Wall Street, and if they do not meet the expectations of those analysts, then the price of the company's stock will go down. These analysts often have no idea about how well the company is being run or how good the management may be. They have issued a statement saying that they expect XYZ Corporation to earn a certain amount of money per share this quarter. If management is somehow able to exceed that number, then the price of the stock goes up. But if they come in below, the stock price will go down and management will have to face these same analysts and angry stockholders to explain why they came in a penny short. If management should realise that they are going to be coming in a little short of the analysts' projections, one way to make the numbers would be to terminate some employees a few weeks before the end of the quarter.